welcome back to Try Not to Die. I'm your dreary March North, yeah, Perito. Oh, nice. And you, <laughs> uh, you know, because we're heading north. Uh, uh-huh. And uh-huh. I'm here with our lone hero, Lisa Condemi, aka Gorinzola, heading north. I guess um, raising hell with counterspell. Hey, very good, very good. The <laughs> amount of counterspells launched last session. Lobbying. Just absolutely. Slinging. Slinging those counties. <laughs> well, gang, I hope you grabbed your snow boots and your conjuration shard. Mm, We've got a big travel ahead of us. <laughs> oh, I did know. Don't forget. Uh, do you mind if I um, teleport 500 feet past the recap? <laughs> you? All right. So, um, and that's where we are now. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, it's time for the recap. Last time, Gorgonzola found herself surrounded by the forces of Plebo Underpaddle. They wish. They wish. The Deep Gnome demanding... Surrounded on three sides. Three, a triangular <laughs> surrounding. There's a lot of spaces between you guys. There's a lot of directions. I could absolutely just a, a triangle of escape also. Do a weave, zag, zig. The Deep Gnome demanded that she submit to his demands and explain her actions. No. Zola was quick to turn the questions back on him, asking why he was so obsessed with her. Plebo was clearly at his wit's end, demanding that she explain what the conjuration shard he held truly was, and then join him as they headed back to the socket so the evil beholder Lord Paragon could punish her thoroughly while he rubbed it in Archmage Flay's face. What a sentence. As she he, like, <laughs> pictured this. Like, yeah, he, he was pictured like, me being like, okay, I guess I gotta go then. Yeah, he, like, he, I think, uh, brief pause, I guess, from the recap, he definitely <laughs> was under the impression that you would believe him that you were, like, in deep trouble and surrounded and really fucked, oh, even yeah. though both Zola in and out of game knew that there just was no way that that was the case. <laughs> As tensions rose, the Winter Wolf with Zola revealed themselves to be a fully sentient being named Kala, who was eager to fight the annoying interlopers. Frustrated in seeing Zola wouldn't Me be too. coming <laughs> quietly, Plevo signaled to his drow assassin in the shadows to launch a sneak attack. It was unsuccessful. <laughs> when with their positions revealed, our hero was able to counterspell the drow mage while Kala and still an attempted to search and destroy the warrior in the woods. While things weren't going his way, Plebo attempted to flee, but Zola easily cut him off of the pass, persuade intimidating her nemesis into stopping and chatting for a bit before any decisions were made. Hurt, exhausted, and delirious, Plebo willingly entered into Ersa's excellent enclave. Amazing decision. Erza would be so <laughs> proud. Erza respects the Me cons. just sitting in the tiny hut talking to Plebo and then kind of like looking to the side where Erza's bedroll would be and <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Chatting in the dome while the drow hid in the trees above Kala's snapping jaw, Zola informed Plebo of how the Conjuration Shard was created through the overcasting of Conjuration Magic during her invasion of the socket with Brigand and Smite and was basically a concentrated form of said magic. Realizing the nature of the crystal, Plebo recognized that the gem Flay carried was also a spell shard, an enchantment crystal, making her perhaps the greatest threat either of them would be facing. Plebo, finally relieved to have cornered Zola and have her be so helpful, worked with her to test the gem's abilities, a mistake that will haunt him for quite some time. <laughs> After a bit of humoring, Zola saw an opportunity trying to paralyze the gnome with her magical rod, failing at first before brutally bonking him, giving her a chance to grab and then use the conjuration shard to escape, leaving her allies behind. After recovering from her teleporting tumble, Zola took stock of herself and her surroundings before heading north with hopes her animal allies would rejoin her soon. 
Thankfully, after a bit of marching, they did, and so began Zola's true excursion into the freezing north, pushing past exhaustion to get as far from Plebo and Affinage as she could. After taking some rests and working hard to further understand the spell shard while she worked on her own magic, Zola was back on the road, making her way through the chilly wood towards her mother. And that is where we are right now. But before we do anything else, I actually would love to establish a day counter yes. for how long Zola has traveled since the message. Obviously, I we could do a full day counter at some point, but the reference point we're going to use is from when Zola sent her letter. So Zola to Tinderdick. To Tinderdick. So Zola sent her letter. He received the letter, and then he sent his letter, and it probably took about two days for it to reach Zola, leaving, I believe we said, 12 days for Harvest Peak right. to come. I got it on the day that I left Erza, correct? Correct. Or the it day was after. the day after okay. you met Erza. So we have five days left before Harvest Peak essentially comes. Okay. Um, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we just said this on air because honestly, and I'm sure, you know, I'll we'll double check this. But I think that the biggest thing on Zola's mind right now uh, as she wakes up this coming morning is I have less than a week to find my mom, to warn the elves, and to meet with this archmage. And be prepared potentially for Groomsh coming down and wreaking havoc on this plane. Like as you're sitting there in the morning within like the dome, as it like is just at the edge of where it would fizzle out and you have like, you know... Uh, Kala has went hunting. She'll be back soon. And you're still in kind of mapping things out. You realize that the first might will begin their attack on Ivarhome on Harvest I said Harvest that they would Peak. march at dawn on Harvest Peak. Yes. And so they, it will take them a, Essentially a day a, or uh, while to get there. Several days to okay. get there. Unless they do like a forced march and like march through okay. the Okay. So I do need to meet Tinderdick on Harvest Peak. But on Harvest Peak is when they're leaving Affinage. Yes. Essentially. So I've got maybe some, some cushion. The window, it's like you have five days until you have to meet this mage. And then you have maybe another five days before the elves are attacked. So you, have, you are ten days away from an elvish attack potentially 15 away from groups coming to the material plane alright it's been a rough month and it might be Zola's like you know I should really make sure I'm getting a full 8 hours these next few days because the next 2 weeks of my life are going to be very social ha ha you're going to need that time to do some restorative kind of, I mean, I mean, Zola definitely has some extroverted qualities, but it's spent a lot of time alone. It's gonna I like need to that spend recharge. a lot of time in my room with still in, you know, eating cheeses, eating salamis, journaling. <laughs> uh, and still in kind of ha tilts his head and looks to you and asks, are we heading directly for Heverholm or do you think we are more looking for your mother in these coming days? We've got to make it to the elves fast, but... We need to find my mom along the way. I think maybe there's some ways that I could try and look for her. Like I could detect thoughts or I can try to, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe another day I could cast locate magic or something. Ah! Looks out and goes, ah! Yes, still in. Search for smoke or slashes in a tree or any evidence of uh you know a non-animal hunt and i think i'll i'll just keep you know casting detect magic and i don't know i guess looking for someone who looks like me still nods and then 
as you guys finish your packing, the dome fizzles away and Kala returns, her snout again covered in blood. <laughs> Are we ready to go? Good morning. Good yes. morning. So, let's do it. I am feeling much better thanks to the care that you have given me. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. In order to avoid missing my family, I propose that you... And you... Uh, give me an insight check. Okay. <laughs> I, what are you saying? I, um... Six. I, you, this You this want creature, me to teleport alongside you? Because uh, the shard, it's kind of complicated how it works. What? I could mess, it could mess up. I was going to say that you could ride me. Oh. pace. Only if it's, I don't want to. It feels it, awkward now that it, we've gotten to the actual asking portion where I'd mention it as an option. I'm, I'm happy to. It's just if you... Are you sure your leg is feeling okay? Yes. Do you I, want me to take a look at it? Sure, if you want to, of course. Okay. Yeah, medicine check. <laughs> um, not one. I we're actually oh just God. stewing Snapped in the uncomfortableness, <laughs> and I don't even really look at it. <laughs> so, what do you think? Is it okay? Can I walk on it? Yeah, it seems fine. Um, uh, yeah, I'll ride you. Excellent. How fast do you go? Much faster than you can. Oh, okay. Bipedal. Well, it just kind of looks at you and like, uh, I don't, your kind weirds me out a little bit. You walk on your two legs. It seems a lot faster the way that you're going. So much faster. But also if I want to like eat a snack while I walk, I totally can. Watch this. I walk a little bit and unwrap some gorp that I have left over from the guard from Avinash. Still in and throwing it in my mouth. <laughs> and Kala both watch in awe at your <laughs> <laughs> I walk around the clearing, eat a little breakfast, I stretch, and then I will climb on top of Kala and say, Don't go too fast because the person I'm looking for I definitely think is bipedal. Unfortunate. And you guys bolt into the wood, full speed, the wind rushing through your short bob haircut. You are bounding over roots, the crunch of snow, and the occasional of rocks kind of tumbling down as this incredibly powerful creature essentially moves you at not only double speed if it were just going regular pace, but essentially this creature can move 100 feet per round. So you're going like triple speed you're like i'm expeditious retreating right now you're bolting down through the wood making good pace as i'm holding on to kala's fur and getting used to it take the conjuration shard out i will cast remembering the shard nistel's magic aura on it so that it will not reveal its properties to whoever detects magic around me and then i will also cast non-detection on myself essentially shrouding myself from any one that Plebo could get to. Wow. And that will negate the scry that I was going to have you roll. As Plebo, despite the fact that he cannot teleport to you, demands that his drow mage scry on you one last time, and they are unsuccessful. Zola has absolutely fucking played him. I'm going to roll my portents. All right. You're heading in the right direction for sure, but it's impossible to tell whether or not you've gone too far in one way or another. Kala occasionally will stop as you guys are bounding through the day to allow you to get off, eat some food while she goes and like hunts for something. Um, But you continue on 
Why don't you give me a survival check with advantage, and then we'll do some encounter checks. One was not one, but the other one is a 15. 15. That is a full success. You continue to run. You guys are making great pace today. And the sun is actually like kind of peeking through the canopy a little bit. So it's not as freezing. Um, but why don't we roll our eight encounter checks? Okay. Let me give you some. Let me give you all these D20s. Thank you. 20, 19, 13, 13, 15, 11, four, and a one. Okay. Wow. It actually works out. So you've gotten one before. That was Blizzard. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. The weather continues to be as fickle as it is brutal. For when you begin your walk after lunch, after stopping for a little bit, you find that the little sky you can see through the evergreen canopy is now shifting from being that beautiful kind of warm sunlight to being blocked with thick dark clouds the temperature begins to drop dramatically and then you hear ding something pings off your mithril chain mail ping another thing ricochets off the hilt of your sword a small ball of ice another and another who is throwing another. these at me you're looking around you see kala also how dare you throw at us you guys are like looking Play through low. the woods <laughs> still and flies into the air <laughs> like looking, um, but you quickly realize it's a full hailstorm. And because you rolled a one and you rolled a four, which four is hail and one is blizzard, you are now having a hailstorm blizzard happen to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to roll a d12 to see how long this will last. Mm -hmm. Normally this encounter would have been a less than five minute encounter. It is now going to be an eight hour storm. As these giant balls begin to rain from the fucking sky, they're ranging from these small little flecks to like baseball-sized rocks of snow just crashing down through the trees. Some of them like ricocheting off of branches and getting launched to you at higher speed. First thing I need you to do is just give me a dexterity saving throw to see if you're gonna get hit by this initial onslaught before you can do anything. Five, I will use Indomitable. Okay. Damn, I'm bad at saving throws, guys, especially ducks. Con and strength, you nail, though. Well, it's because I have plus nine and plus 11 to those. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do that. Dex is that, plus it'll zero. It'll be like that sometime. Zola is not good at, like, look out, this thing is coming. Move your huh? very large body very fast. <laughs> 16. That is much better. The DC for this was 11. So you managed to like rush out, on, start to like head towards one of the larger trees nearby. Uh, you do take a little damage. I'm like flattening myself to Kala's fur. 17 halved. So you just take eight damage. Some of that is bludgeoning. Some of that is cold as these these huge balls of ice begin to plummet down. Um, and you see uh, Kala also has to roll that save. I'll say Stilton kind of swarms in close to you. I won't make him roll the save. Um, and Kala rolls a two, so she's going to take that full 17 damage as she, I mean, which makes sense. Like, you kind of leap off of her, and the, immediately the cover she had gotten from this massive orc form is completely gone. You guys now have a moment. What would you like to do to try and avoid this? This storm is going to last a long time. And I'll tell you right now, the mechanic is very similar to the spell Snowstorm. So basically, it's like every round you take damage. Mm, okay. But if you and like if you pass the save, it's less damage. But in general, you need to do something to 
prevent yourself from getting hit or find a way to escape this scenario? I think feeling the pressure of time and the closeness of my mother, Zola tries to urge everyone on for as long as she can, just like burning spell slot after spell slot on shield and like throwing off uh, balls of hail until she realizes that it is just going to completely not be possible. And then she will admit defeat and cast Tiny Hut. Okay, here's how this is going to work. Okay. Because you're gonna be taking damage while you're trying to be casting this, I'm just gonna ask you to roll three concentration checks. Okay. I am going to roll the essentially the max damage. Because the casting time is 11 minutes for yes. Tiny Hut. So I don't think I have anything that could take, I don't have any kind of like shielding thing unless like, I will have Kala and still and take my small like bedroll tarp kind of sleeping bag and just like stretch it over my head while I try to hastily cast a shitty tiny hut. Okay, I'm gonna roll this damage. It's a lot okay. of damage. Give me your three concentration checks. This is a con saving throw. Okay. Very high, like 25. Ooh. I rolled a nat one. I will use my 13 portent so that I, again, get above a 20. And then final one is, again, above a 20. Because you passed all those concentration checks. That was a lot of damage you yeah, just rolled, Noah. You would normally be taking an insane amount of damage, but you are only going to take a third of that damage. Okay. This mechanic I've worked out here. So, um, <laughs> I just started seeing numbers over 100. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Am I about to see groups again? Am I about to fucking insta that? No, you would have to get me for like 260 damage right now in order for me to insta that. This would have done 247 damage, but Holy because shit. of the fact that you have survived your concentration checks, and I'll say that your allies absorb some of that damage, you only take 82 damage. Wow. And so mechanically what ends up happening here, to describe this scene, you get beneath one of the trees, finding enough cover to spare you the vast majority of the pelting ice from above. Kala rejoins you, the two of you kind of huddle together. You begin to sit down and start tracing the sigils and working out this enclave. In 11 minutes of you guys literally just taking these balls of ice and huddling together, <sighs> The dome appears around you, and Kala goes unconscious. <sighs> okay. She will now roll death saves. Let's roll initiative. No, I cast heroism on her right away just to bring her back up for uh, the minute so that I can try. And I give her five hit points right away, and she gains five every time a round goes by, but after a minute, she will drop unconscious again. Right, because it's temp HP, right? Yes, yeah. so during that time, I'm gonna try to basically like stabilize her so that she could maybe sleep. She gasps, waking up. Thank you. It's okay, it's just your foot again, it'll be all right. Really, it feels like my whole body, those ice balls were awful. It's fine, just keep your eyes open. You settling down, working with your medicinal tools within this dome, still and pops out of your puffy jacket and goes, ha, ha, and like hops off and begins to kind of like, you know, because this is ice. You've seen a dog get covered in snow. It gets mm -hmm. all like it frozen to their fur. You see still and begin to like peck at it and try and pull it out um, to assist. My medicine check is a 16. That is enough to stabilize. Okay. Kala breathes easy after that initial 
boost of heroism that keeps her awake long enough for you to essentially perform a minor <laughs> minor medical procedure small on her. surgery small surgery i've done small surgeries on the farm before surgeries stitches and you know births how did i just um, you're not pregnant are you no, no i would be a lot more prepared for that no I, what <laughs> uh, but you managed to do it and after a little bit you guys are gasping for breath barely conscious hurt i'm at 44 hit points but safe inside the dome for the next eight hours which means that after eight hours of just literal balls of snow cracking and shattering and scattering across this dome in oh honestly it is both terrifying and beautiful in a visual sense but after that full eight hours you see the hail stops this whole time i would have liked to have been working on my spell zola furious that her journey towards her mother has been halted once again and feeling time slipping past her so quickly it's just doing whatever she can that feels productive from that midday storm till when the sun sets and the storm fades you work diligently on this spell give me that arcana check you have you have two successes i believe you just need one significant success to really push it over that's interesting because I think the last time that you said you didn't know if you're going to tell me if if I had a success, it was or because you had not yet told me what level the spell was, ah, and I you see. said you rolled a fourteen, and you said the spell is now a level four, yes. so it's exactly what you needed to pass oh, it. Oh, interesting. So that is a success. I will. Re- I'm revealing everyone. <laughs> I'm revealing that yes, that was a success. All right. Well, this one is a twelve. I get really frustrated that I'm not progressing further than I have been and I think about using one of my portents but then I hold back again and think it's going to happen when it's right. You hold fast. You, your notes were good. You did learn a lot and again at this point it was almost like you were just kind of writing out some equations today. You didn't. You weren't finalizing anything and you're still trying to think of what the component actually needs to be but you feel like you're close. Just need some a big breakthrough. So with that I will tell you that because Kala was moving double speed, you do not lose a day of travel. Essentially, Kala's double speed was negated by the eight-hour storm, so you traveled almost as much as you would. Instead of like two days. Exactly. So, with that, you head to bed. Is there anything you want to do before you go to bed? I pull the conjuration shard out as I'm kind of starting to lay down and get ready for bed and just start to contemplate how I could magnify my travel in steps. It's like I don't want to jump straight to Everholm, but I want to move as fast as we can and I think about whether I could like essentially like start popping Kala and I through the woods. Give me give me an arcana check. Okay. Not trying to do it right now with thinking about it. Right. I'll say if you use it, it'll be a check using your spell casting modifier, which I think is equal to your arcana. Anyway. Yes, that's fine. Not 20. You believe strongly that with your magical prowess, you could probably confidently cast fourth level conjuration spells or lower with this. That's the highest level spell slot available to Zola. Mm -hmm. And I think that with a nat 20, you gaze into this crystal, seeing its potential. And as you look inside, it's very strange. Unlike other spell shards, there's a different kind of flow here. Like the, 
the transmutation, there was like pulsing energy. You know, there was mm-hmm. like change happening within here. It almost looks like you're seeing, like you see your reflection and you see like mirrors of your reflection. And, oh, like kaleidoscope. Kaleidos- yeah, it's very kaleidoscopic. It's mesmerizing in a way. But as you stare at it and begin to like open up any of the books you have, just on just your books on magic in general, and you begin to like take notes and start to theorize, you understand that you could really cast any conjuration spell with this. And you could probably confidently cast spells that are already within like spells that you could learn and Mm -hmm. in theory you could even learn spells from this thing interesting you could probably study it it and like if you're like i want to try learning a spell that's like this this shard would be able to be like a conduit for you to understand it you may not know what the spell is that you're casting Mm -hmm. like when you and plebo were experimenting and accidentally cast web right but you could, in theory, be like, I want to cast that spell uh, with the webs and, like, focus your energy and boom, you cast the spell. Great. I start to think about how fast I need to move and how fast I can push myself through this forest. And thinking of Misty Step, thinking of Dimension Door, you begin to grasp that those things may not be as risky as, say, the stuff that Plebo was trying to force. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you end up spending a good amount of time and getting a solid understanding. I mean, fuck, a nat 20, you, you honestly probably have a as good a grasp on this as you had on the shard in that, like, there's a lot of variables, there's a lot of unknowns, but I basically understand This thing isn't awake, is it? Stilton goes over and pecks it as well. And also kind of gets absorbed in the um, shiny thing and starts to try and drag it away from you. You have to kind of be like, no. I let him sit on it overnight. He sits on it and, oh boy, how, how does a fine familiar, work? it's a conjuration spell. I wonder how a familiar would interact with a conjuration spell. Oh, that's spell. true. It is a first level conjuration spell. It's one of my only conjuration spells, actually. So Stilton um, does play with it a little bit, and it's you see there's a moment where he like unsummons and resummons himself accidentally. <laughs> he like he like picks it up, he's like flying with it, and he disappears, and then the shard like falls to the ground and flashes, and he reappears. So you both kind of get a good understanding of what this shard can do. All right, I will head to bed. You head to bed, and sleep takes you, and you have a wonderful rest. No dreams, <sighs> nothing too crazy. Got my full nine still. Got your in. full nine. Full nine. <laughs> At the hour before your ninth hour of sleep, the dome drops and, and, <laughs> and a bunch of little ice balls <laughs> rudely waken you. That always happens to me because um, as a teen, I sleep a little bit more than an adult. And all these spells are kind of like if an adult were casting them. Yeah, none of them are for the perspective of someone who <gasps> needs that extra sleep. Five more minutes, please. Why didn't you warn me that it would come down in eight hours? I'm literally asleep right now. <laughs> So, another day of travel begins. This is likely the seventh day of travel for Zola. Or at least nearly the seventh day of travel for Zola. Let's do our survival check for the day. Okay. And you, um, are you re- are you doing a recasting of non-detection on yourself? Are you doing like your typical... I cast non-detection on myself and Nistel's magic aura on the Conjuration Shard. Excellent. You take the time to do that before you leave, and then the three of you hit the road once more, Kala going low so you can get on her back so you guys can head off together. Still in, ah, soaring into the sky above, you get that survival check with advantage. Oh boy. Again, one is a nat one, how I would be doing if I didn't have Stilton 
And then the second one is a 14. You are heading north, and there's just a few moments where Stilton has to keep coming back to you and be like, hey, the direction that you're heading, you're about to, like, walk straight down. You're, like, about to... Cliff. You're going to, like, walk <laughs> off a cliff if you go this way. It is directly north, but also the terrain does not allow I'm not used that. to orienting in this kind of environment. <laughs> you're like, I just always know north. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. There are dangers that way. It might be okay to go west or east a little bit. But with his help, um, he guides you. What did you end up getting? What was the higher roll? 14. With a 14, yeah. You are well on your way. And let's do our encounter checks. One. This die always rolls a 20 or a 1. 7, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 16. So once again, as you awaken this next day and you begin to set off, the weather is not kind. It is chilling. It, the, the snow is growing more and more intense. Just quickly roll. Okay. Can I actually... Can, I, I know that I just went to sleep. I just chose my spells. Could, but could I see, after I encounter such weather, could I take a look at my spells and see if Zola would have anything that would help with this weather? Because maybe yeah. she would cast, Maybe she would stock it. Yeah, I think it makes sense for you to be able... Like, it, this look happens early in your travel. You guys start traveling, and like it was already overcast, and then all of a sudden it begins to start snowing. And I'll tell you this. This is actually something that maybe Zola would start picking up on. This feels like very intensive weather. It feels unusually erratic. The fact that it keeps jumping between this kind of like normal late fall cold and like brutal midwinter blizzard is disorienting. And I think you register that on Kala as well. Like she doesn't mind the cold, but you can tell that she's just like, strange, many storms in recent weeks. Yes, and could I kind of look um, up at the sky in the early morning and see if it like, um see if it signifies that it's going to storm that day. I think Zola probably living like in a sea town and being familiar with almanacs and stuff would know how certain clouds and how certain sunrises like tell the weather. Can I maybe use that to try and see if this is like a magical effect that the elves have set up around their city or something? Yeah, give me an arcana check or a survival check. I okay. think that that kind of will, if it's arcana, it'll be more geared towards trying to understand if it's a magical effect. And if it's survival, that'll be like how well you can understand the actual storm and how long it'll take and stuff. Okay, I'll, I will do, I'll do survival because that's what I said. And I don't want to cheat. <laughs> 17. You were rewarded for not cheating. 17 is a very solid roll. When you woke up this morning, it generally did, I mean, the clouds were there, so it's like, yes, there was indication that precipitation could occur. I think that maybe what you gather, though, is that the storms are getting increasingly more common. Perhaps there is something magical going on. Whether that's like, the elves or an ambient effect from the forest or some other third thing that you're not you're not recognizing yet actually you know what hmm maybe you would get this give me give me an arcana check on top of that i know i made you choose but now i am thinking of something that you with your keen mind might remember okay i think i do remember because i rolled a nat 20 your mind clicks as you guys begin to trudge into the ever stronger winds of this blizzard. Dr. Flacone had mentioned that there was increasing like like strangeness going on in the Feywild. It makes sense that 
perhaps one of the one of the escalation symptoms that is occurring is like magical effect warping weather. Climate you change. Know? Like it, climate change, yeah. Like honestly, climate like change. Like part of the malediction, basically. Yes, essentially. It's like the magic in the air is causing these sort of, I mean, it shouldn't be happening this much. Mm-hmm. I feel like Zola would be like, it's not midwinter up here. Maybe if it were like January, I'd be like, yeah, totally a blizzard every day. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I think about the uh, list of mean temperatures I learned from <laughs> the, the year of my birth. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. See, I mean, I know those didn't factor in wind chill, but it just seems disproportionate. I can vouch it has been a hard few weeks There's here. more wind chill. The wind, I'm, yes, but specifically the storms, color. Right, yes. <laughs> yes, the, in general, there's just been more storms. But the wind chill, yes, it's, it's strange. Weird. And you guys continue on, marching. I wish I had anything to help us, Kala, but nothing I have could really shield us from anything except, you know, if someone swung a sword at us. Do you want to stop for the day, or do you want to keep marching? I am not afraid of the cold. We press on. She nods to you. Give me another survival check, as the blizzard does obscure a significant amount of the path ahead, despite your north knowledge. Oh, you rolled this with advantage. Thank you, because again, nat one. Jesus. On one of, all of my survival checks have had nat one. one. Of this is nat one. what I would have been without Collins. Yes. Being 100%. Okay, that one is an eight, but I will use my portent of 13 to just try and boost us up a little bit. Okay. With a 13, you guys begin to work through the storm. Give me a constitution saving throw. Okay. 24. You pass. Because it's a blizzard, the cold gets worse faster. So the DC just went up. Days have passed since your travel began. Your only companion's a grumpy wolf who occasionally heads off to kill and eat a nearby critter, and still in who, when he's not scouting, has been perching on your shoulder, hopping off when something sparkles nearby. The three of you have grown close. Even though it's only been a short time for you and Kala, the fact that you guys are hunkering down through all these storms means that you're spending a lot of time together, and you're feeling like a little bit of a team. You keep pushing further and further, thinking of the map and how far you must be from Haverholm. There's no indication of any humanoid presence here in the forest, at least not from what you can tell. You begin to become more unsure of the path ahead, nervous that perhaps you've already passed where your mother could be, or that Haverholm is maybe off course from here, or even further beyond your scope. You hear the sounds of bird songs, snow crystallizing. Give me an investigation check. Okay. At this point, Zola has become so frigid. She stopped casting it because the sickly green hue reminded her of Limburger, but she starts casting green flame blade on her sword, just like it doesn't even really give off any warmth, just kind of an electrical buzz that makes her hands feel a little less numb. Yeah, the channeling of magic actually creating like friction almost. Not one investigation check. The terrain here is not only densely covered by evergreens, there is also rocky, hilly terrain that naturally occurring obstacles, an advantageous place for attacks to be launched or traps to be set. The conditions of the past few days have made the terrain even more difficult, with patches of snowmelt and ice alongside wet dirt that quickly freezes over in this coming blizzard. 
You stop at one point, eating a quick bite, looking around before pushing forward. I've been eating gorp, but I don't have any raisins left. It's just, just gop. good old peanuts. <laughs> it's the GOP. The... No. No. I ate through the raisins quick. You actually, I'll say this, like in this little snack, you finish the peanuts too. You begin to feel like you're at the end of your rations. Kala, I'm going to be eating raw squirrel with you soon. You could always build a fire. Isn't that something you bipedal people can do? You're right. I can do that with the shard. <laughs> New shard. I look sadly at the yellow stone. Aww. As you guys turn and head down the mountainside, essentially, that you have kind of scaled up to, you watch as two glyphs flash up on two trees nearby and explode. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Mm-hmm. Figured. That little thing you said about uh, traps. 14? That was unfortunately a failure. Can I use Indomitable or is it too late? Oh, you can use Indomitable on this, yeah. Mm, okay. It was worse. It was a nine. <laughs> and I have to use it. Oof. <laughs> okay. You suddenly feel your body flare as every single nerve burns with pain. You clutch your every, you literally wrap your arms around yourself and fall off of Kala, pulling yourself in close as pain sears through your body. You are incapacitated for the next minute as you writhe in pain on the ground. Kala will roll her con save. She does pass. So you watch as she goes, what's wrong? Was I able to dispel magic at all or not before it got to me? Not before it exploded. The investigation check was to see the glyphs. That makes sense. They explode with this psychic energy. You are racked in pain. You fall to the ground. Stilton also, I'll roll a save for him. He ah, falls from the sky and like crashes next to you. The two of you rolling around the snow in pain. Kala grabs you and pulls you past the trees as the glyphs flare down. Give me a stealth check. I'm yelling. <laughs> just, fuck! Just swearing uh, so loud. Quiet, quiet! Ten. After a minute, the pain subsides. Gasping for breath, you look around. As of now, you don't see anyone. You're not dead. This seemed to be a twofold trap. Not only potentially incapacitating someone in, and causing them to like fall down the hill and hurt like themselves, freeze. but also to potentially draw predators to them as pain is likely to induce sound. And as you look around, you see nothing. Um, feeling right now like wounded, caught out prey, I will uh, cast invisibility on myself. Where did you go? I, Human! Uh, <laughs> I put a hand on Kala's fur and try to drag oh. myself up onto her back. Yes, yes. It gets low, allows you to climb back on, and kind of supports you as you like slump over the back hump of her shoulder blades. Slowly this time, uh, and we look for... We look at the trees. Did that not actually hurt me? It just made me feel pain? I've never seen such magic. It's unusual that there would be traps there. The elves don't typically do that. They have... They know the risks. It could hurt someone like... Well, looks to you. Looks to Stillin. Bystanders. We, we move carefully going forward. Shrugging off the pain, you feel your resolve is slightly shaken, but you push on. 
Is there anything you want to do before you continue the trek for the rest of this day? As we start to pass by the same area, I'll ask Kala to help and detect magic so that I can kind of see what kind of magic that was. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, bef- like, before you leave, you begin to cast just to get an understanding as you, like, before you turn invisible to kind of avoid detection. And you see that this was a, this was abjuration magic. Someone had stored a high-level spell in there. Right. You're not sure what, but it was a kind of spell that clearly targets an ability and if you fail the save, knocks you out of the situation. <sighs> that is... Strong magic. Okay. Um, invisible on Kala's back. We start trotting off. Still intakes to the air once more, shaking off the pain. Kala now just looks like a lone winter wolf, walking through the wood as you hide upon her back. Give me another survival check. Oh my gosh, would you believe that the lower one was again a nat one? This is insane. Four times in a row. You keep rolling nat 20s on your encounter checks in mm-hmm. general, and then you keep rolling nat ones on your survival checks. 13 on the survival check with advantage. You keep pushing forward, that uncertainty spreading ever more as you push on into this blizzard, risking exhaustion. Give me a constitution saving throw. Okay. DC is now 17. 25. You push on. The cold is brutal but you are well stocked you're clutching to this big animal that is you know for the most part pretty aware of the surroundings and is able to navigate you out of like the you know when there's heavy like snowfall putting you guys underneath certain things i'm like pulling uh kala's fur a little bit whenever i see a patch of sun so that she walks into the patch of sun (laughs) as you continue to go on and the blizzard around you grows to full strength give me another survival check Okay. This one, without advantage. Okay. Still, and is negating the disadvantage at this point because the storm has escalated as you move into, like, your fourth hour of it. Mm -hmm. As we're aimlessly kind of wandering around these woods, Zola's thinking about what could she locate that her mother would have, just feeling so frustrated that, like, everything she knows her mother once had, she has or our Jahan has. And wondering like what how she could locate her. She just knows nothing about her. Not twenty. When it counted, baby. I cannot tell you how important that was. Okay. You're making me nervous. <laughs> Alright. As night begins to come and the storm is reaching its end, I need another con save. This time the DC is twenty. It's an 18. Finally, as night begins to come, you really start to feel the cold. Your body still throbbing with pain from that strange spell is succumbing to the brutal cold. You gain a level of exhaustion and then the eye negates that level of exhaustion at putting you at risk for two levels if you continue on. You're making good ground. You feel like you've gotten farther than you could have ever gotten alone if thanks to Stilton's navigational abilities and Kala just giving you a little leg up when you needed it. You pass through the thick evergreens, trying at this point, maybe you're like, I mean, I guess I should ask, do you think that Zola's like seeking camp now? Or do you think that Zola's like, I feel like I'm close, I'm pushing. Zola pushes on. She usually listens to her body and when she feels the eye, 
activate, it is kind of that reminder that she's relying on power that isn't hers anymore. Um, and she's never been willing to really rely on that power. And now she is, if it means that the result is finding her mother. You push forward on and on. You remember the map. You think of the space around you. You keep pushing, struggling against the cold. You're beginning to doubt, but you refuse to give in. and You keep pushing on. Give me one last con save. It's the Keegan die. It's always been the Keegan die, and it always will be the Keegan die. 25. An important con save to make. Yes. Pushing past, riding the like adrenaline of the gift of Groomsh, you crest this snowy, evergreen-covered hill and look upon a large, frozen pond. The map once again comes to mind. You remember that there was a pond marked, but the scale wasn't really easy to discern. Going around this definitely seems possible, but just looking at the severe size of it, you can tell it would probably set you back a little bit. And you also see that because of the recent storms, the pond does seem to have a thick layer of ice that is also covered in patches by a lot of snow. At this distance, far ahead of you, there is a lot of fog kind of clouding the air, but you do see peeking through what seems to be a small island, large enough to hold like a few large evergreens, but not very big. You don't, and you also don't like just looking at it, you don't see any more details that indicate anything of it, you just see the small as you stand there, you begin to hear eerie tones, almost synth-like, the ice of the pond settling, causing cracks and echoes. It sounds abstract, almost like atonal music, beautiful and yet haunting as you look upon this scene, the stars above and the moon glinting on the pond. Kala, are you opposed to other methods of transportation? No, I am not, if you wish to... Use your strange rock. That is fine by me. Great. Why go around when we could go across, right? Before I try and cast anything, can I try to guess how far the island seems in front of me? Does it seem like I could get there with the dimension door? Yeah, give me a perception check. Okay. Kind of gauging distance. Yeah. Nat 20. With a nat 20... It would be like right at the edge. It would be like you land and you have movements left to get onto the island, which is, again, you see ice going up to it. You're not sure necessarily how secure it is at certain locations. Like the deeper into the pond you get, the less thick the ice is. But at least near the island, you feel like it would be probably more solid. And if you were to successfully dimension door, you'd be right there. Ready still in? Ah! I throw my arms around Kala's neck, clutching underneath it at her throat, the yellow stone, and we'll try to dimension door us to the island across the frozen pond. Okay. Go ahead and give me a check using your spellcasting modifier. Okay. And because of that nat 20, I will reward you and say you can roll with advantage because <laughs> dimension door is a fourth level spell. Thank you. Okay. Modifier is plus five. I rolled a 19, so 24. You disappear, and the three of you, or rather, 
Kala and you <laughs> reappear probably a stone's throw away from this island, which you see is, despite you guys getting closer, still heavily obscured by this dense fog that fills the air. It's very, very strange. And as you're, like, looking into it, Kala, like, Oh, I was not as ready as I thought I'd be. That was very intense. You okay? It's standing like dogs do with, like, all four legs kind of out, like, very, like, skittish, <laughs> <laughs> like, very nervous. Are we on the ice or on the You're island? You're still on the ice. You're okay. about, again, stone's throw, so, like, 30, 40 feet away. Can I, as the dimension door ends, immediately try to go into my misty step and see if shard number two would allow me to pull Kala with me? Um, you give me another check, but this time because you're upcasting it, just roll standard. Okay. Plus Arcana? Yeah, Arcana spellcast modifier. <laughs> 11. 11. I have power now. Audience, what do you think I should do? <laughs> should I A? <laughs> have us crash through the ice. B, teleport all the way back? Um, <laughs> let's let's roll for it. Okay. Eleven or higher, you teleport up five hundred feet or <sighs> down five hundred feet. And ten or lower, you go all the way back. back. Okay. So in this case, you kind of want to roll low. It might be a little bit easier to manage if you just reappear in back where you were. <laughs> Fuck, Keegan. 11. Okay. <laughs> this is so rude. You. And then. As you begin to descend from 500 feet in the air, plummeting towards the earth with Kala. <laughs> the two of you literally, you guys appear 500 feet above this island, which is as you guys appear, you guys appear like above the fog cloud. So you're suddenly like. Beautiful view, sky above, dark midnight blue, sparkling stars, the moon glow. Oh shit! Just <laughs> hurtling back towards the earth. Um, it looks like you guys are gonna crash into the fucking ice as you descend through the fog blindly and then come through on the other side and see you're about to like hit the ice. One more time, one more time! I, I will try and again cast with the shard, just like chaining teleports. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. I don't have any other option. I don't have Feather Fall stocked. I have to be honest with you. I had not thought I was going to have to use this mechanic, but if you overuse the shard, there is a higher chance of things going wrong. Yes, I so realize that. You're going to do the same thing this time. I don't want to fall time. 500 feet, though. Give me an Arcana check or spellcasting check. Uh, just roll. Let's see what happens. So nervous for you. Zola just kind of steps, is a little overconfident, and is like, I'll just push this last 30 feet better than accidentally falling through the ice, and then uh, <laughs> starts an unstoppable chain of teleporting worse and worse places. Literally. Not good. It's an eight. Literally, you guys go, call us roar, screaming, howling as you guys plummet there. You grasp onto her, teleport again. Let's roll another G20. 11 or higher, you're going to go up and down. 10 or lower, you'll go backwards. Okay. Yes. Six. Six. You guys... <laughs> tumbling into the snow. You see Stilton, who has stops when you guys disappear. 
looks up to see you guys, and then you disappear again. He goes, huh? Turns around and sees you guys rocket into the snow. Literally, Whoa, like. What's up, Silton? <laughs> uh, we were just checking it out for you. Do you guys want to walk across the pond normal type? Why? Why did this happen to us? Why? <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? You take uh, 14 damage. Okay. Uh, as you guys just <laughs> tumble onto the ground. Makes sense. Um, you shake this off. This thing's tricky. <laughs> okay. Remember what I said before about being fine with that. I am no longer fine with that. I would like to walk normal style. Makes sense. All right, everyone walking normal style. <laughs> Give me a perception check. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was so close. I got a nat 20. I ruined it. I ruined you really it. were just like, perfect. I solved this. How do I unsolve it, though? You know what? Don't at me. <laughs> 23 perception. Excellent work. As you guys shake off the snow, Stilton circling back and coming to land down before you, cocking his head in the kind of, in an I told you so sort of way. Hey, sometimes you experiment with magic and it goes really well, and sometimes ha. you fuck up. And you know what? I got us back here, didn't I? Ha! Ha! Points to the ice. <laughs> This <laughs> makes a splatting motion with his hands. Why are you concerned? Ha! You can fly. What? Ha, ha. I'm concerned for you. <laughs> and as you guys are having this conversation, you see Kala stiffens up and your eye burns as if it's already aware. You turn, doing a quick scan of the wood, and hear shifting from deep within it. Fast, quiet, crunching like many feet hitting the ground, one right after another. You turn and look in its direction, and it stops. Hello? Come out now or your lunch. I don't know if you should have said that. <laughs> Bursting from the ground, the adult Remoraz no! having tailed you thanks to the failed stealth check at the pain situation. <laughs> Let's roll initiative. Oh, uh -oh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Just so many. You avoided it all. You teleported beyond the challenge. I was like, oh, okay. That encounter is gone, I guess. I mean, maybe maybe she'll look back it's at the back. wood and see it skittering on the edge, going like, ah, shaking its many fists. Nope, I'm right in front of it again. Here we go. What'd it's you get? Back. I got a six. Excellent, gang. All right, Kala got a got like a twelve, so not much better than you. I give the Ramoraz a three on initiative. Okay, the Ramoraz takes a three. Seeing that. <laughs> Seeing it burst from the woods, I drag up the last of my portent magic. <laughs> oh, the magic's, it's almost like it's shying away from me right now. <laughs> you had a brief, you remember from when you got your points in your dream, there was like a weird moment where you were like, oh, oh bug. Oh. You just thought it was like maybe seeing like a little like centipede like, like crawl on you. But no, it was just a flash of this massive centipede. As it bursts from the snow, the massive... 50 foot long centipedal form of this adult Remoraz screeching as it lunges forward towards you. It shakes its sail like ruffles along its body, steam rising high into the air. You instinctually step back towards the frozen pond and Kala looks to you. Do we run? If we run, it's gonna come after us and break it. 
you see Kala looks very, very nervous. I think we have to try it again. I gotta be real. I know you don't want to teleport, but I think we gotta teleport one more time. <sighs> Kala is gonna hold her turn for you. It is your turn once more. <laughs> okay. The two of you, let paint a scene. <laughs> this Ramora is just one movement away from being right in front of you. So it's 30 feet away from you. Mouth agape, blue eyes bugging out of its head as it goes. You somehow understand it's chittering in a weird moment. Like your comp comprehend language just flashes <laughs> and it's like, you killed my boy. I shall take you. As it leaps forward, uh, Kala goes. Not my problem, not my problem, not my problem. Okay, fine. <laughs> Go ahead and roll the Arcana check. Oh my god, what? A nine. <laughs> I got, I'm out of importance, guys. I mean, this is an unsuccessful check. This is, yes, this is I know. an unsuccessful check. What am I going to do? Okay, um, it's a fourth level spell because even, even though we've been doing it where you're just getting faulty teleports, um, that's because of the nature of you're riding the teleportation right. high. Um, we are just now going to choose. You were doing Dimension Door? That was your yes. goal? Yes. Okay. Suddenly, bursting from the ground before you, a massive vine begins to just whip around hectically, crazily. You have accidentally cast Grasping Vine. Um, this vine will lash out a creature within 30 feet that you can see. They must succeed on a deck save or be pulled towards the vine. This is not necessarily useful yet but perhaps if you do run on the ice the creature will chase you and this vine can try and pull it away right excellent so, so it doesn't seem is it does it seem hostile towards me right now or hostile towards everyone or just it just seems like it's waggling there okay. i guess you'll have to see what happens oh kind of like brigid this is not what you intended correct <laughs> what was your name again i say to the vine <laughs> No one around me gets it. <laughs> it's whipping like crazy. You like guys a... had to be there. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, you have your movement and bonus action. You can't cast a spell, but yeah. you can still definitely uh, attempt many other things, I'm sure. For sure. <laughs> you know what? I will run, and then I will use my action surge to dash. Okay. You bolt onto the ice ahead of Kala. Kala goes, what? Okay, okay, we're running, we're running. It didn't work. Um, and is, um, you know, held her turn. So you watch. That's what the whole vine was about. A hundred feet. She just. Well, I thought it was a defense thing. Um, just bolts a hundred feet past you as you, the two of you, begin to run. Um, you catching up very quickly as you guys charge across whoa, whoa, whoa. the ice. Uh, give me a dexterity saving throw. Not one. Oh my god! I cannot believe this fucking session right now. Um. Okay. <laughs> Give me a luck check with disadvantage. Oh, what? Well, not one. I, it was just a 20. regular. <laughs> oh, wow. I did okay. Uh, 12. You feel the ice. No, 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 no. But you guys just keep running. Running lightly, Kala. Running lightly. <laughs> um, tippy that, toes, tippy toes. That is your turn. It is now the Remora's turn. It... <laughs> begins to screech and charge after you, running on the ice. I'm gonna have a roll of deck save. Natural 20, no. this creature is absolutely <laughs> Weird, a vine doesn't stop it. <laughs> Actually, you're right. It has to, oh, you know oh, what? Oh, I thought that was what, for that the vine. Would be the, that was for the ice, but you know what? The nat 20, the vine we'll snaps be for the vine. Okay. Um, and it manages to skitter out underneath. I'll have it roll another deck save for the ice itself. And that is a six. Oh, jeez. We couldn't have done it opposite, uh-huh. Okay, so now <laughs> I need you to um, give me a luck check on behalf of this creature. And because it failed by 
more than five, it's 11 DC is the deck save. Um, roll with disadvantage, just like you did. Classic. Seven. Seven. The ice cracks, and you watch as the tail end of the remoras begins to slip into the ice, and you watch as it now essentially has fallen prone and has to use its movement next turn to get back up. As you guys charge against- I'm holding onto her tail as I run to make sure it doesn't leave me behind. <laughs> it's kind of turning into a little bit of like ice skating where you're like <laughs> um, slipping on the ice. Um, okay, so next round goes by. It is once again Kala's turn. She is just gonna dash the full 100. She is um, now 200 feet away and this island was 500 feet away as we kind of established. So she is getting closer. I'm gonna have her roll a deck save. She succeeds with a 13, plus her bonuses. So she continues on. It is now your turn, Zola. Zola, what would you like to do? The ice is cracking beneath your feet, but it is not yet shattered. I will cast Expeditious Retreat on okay. myself. That's my bonus action. And then I will dash. Okay. So you move another 90 feet. You are at 180. This creature... Uh, as you keep running, you watch and you like look back over your shoulder as it <laughs> roars and begins to kind of pull itself out. It, the cold doesn't bother it. It's really just about it being slowed down. Um, it uses half its movement to get back up and then it takes a dash, which means it moves essentially 45 feet towards you guys. You are 320 away from the island. It's the Remoras' turn. That fucking three, you really got it with that. Um, <laughs> it is. It uses its action to once again... Um, keep running. I'm gonna roll a deck save for it. It fails! It fails! Or give me another luck check. It doesn't fail by a lot, so it's just a flat roll. Okay. Not one. The ice shatters underneath it, once again sending this creature tumbling to its feet and slipping back. Um, it will have to use um, its action to climb out next time because of a such In a, the water? It's basically half in the water. Okay. It only got to move 60 feet essentially, but then it got stopped. So it is, you literally 15 feet behind you, this creature and then the ice cracks, it slips and falls back into the water. It's tail end slipping underneath as it scrambles to try and pull itself after you with its many, many legs. Um, back to the top, Kala, another 100 feet. She's at 300 and now it is your turn. Okay. I am running still using my expeditious retreat, just dashing. Great, so your bonus action, you use that dash action to do 30, and then you use your action to do your movement and dash, which is another 60, so you move another 90, and you are at 270 feet. You guys are running full speed. You watch as this Remoraz pushes back and slides underneath the water. That is going to be its full turn. What do you think, Kala? Is it gone or is it gonna burst up through the ice when we get to the island? Kind of feels like Chekhov's ice, if you ask me. Uh, as you maybe it just gave up. You guys get another round. Are you doing your kind of? You're doing your movement. I keep dashing. Okay. Holding up expeditious retreat. You are now 360 feet away. Kala is 400. You see, she's 40 feet ahead of you, kind of making close range to the actual island now. Um, as you guys continue to move. Hello. Calling is out. There? It echoes very strangely across the ice. More of the cracking, strange, eerie tones echoing everywhere. You've no idea where the Remoras went. That is back to the top. Kala, at a, using her full dash, skids. Um, I'm gonna have her roll a deck save. And you should, give me a deck save for the last round. Two. Great, she passed both of her deck saves. 12. Okay, that one passes. And then give me one for this round. 
Seven. Okay. <laughs> you suddenly hear as the ice cracks beneath your feet. Uh-oh. Um, and as it does, Good bursting water shoes. underneath you <laughs> <laughs> is the remoras. As it, <laughs> timing its <laughs> timing oh, its are. burst with <laughs> I have found you. Um, timing its burst with the cracking of your ice, it lurches up at you. It is going to try and swallow of you whole. Of course it is. That is a 30 to hit? What? You see Kala nearing the island. We're almost there! Fuck! <laughs> Seeing you get swallowed. It's okay. Maybe it'll spit me back up on... <laughs> you got really lucky. Um, that is um, 22 damage. Piercing damage. Plus an additional... Six fire damage, rolling really low on the damage. <laughs> you are grappled. The DC is 17. You are restrained. Um, and you begin to feel its muscles try and like pump you further Aww. down its body um, as it, again, slips back into the water, having not successfully pulled itself out. Literally underneath the ice, bubbles breaking from it as its hot steaming spikes literally evaporate the water it plunges into. You punching and trying to stab your way out. It is now going to be Kala's turn. Kala just turns back, roars out looking for you, but doesn't know what to do. Still on above. Panicked, flies down towards the hole in the ice. Um, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Sola, scanning through every spell she has stocked and thinking about how she's not going to be able to uh, knock this creature's teeth out and let water rush in, um, orients, <laughs> tries to orient herself so that her feet are going down its gullet and will try and thunder wave. Part of the effect of thunder wave is that if it doesn't save it's pushed 10 feet away from me could i try and use that as sort of like a self eject button if you deal enough damage that is what breaks the swallow condition okay. for it so but what i'll say is that if you happen to deal that damage threshold then it will roll the con save with disadvantage okay i will tell you that i normally wouldn't do this but you're gonna want to upcast this spell if you want to hit that damage threshold all right then i will cast it at a fourth level okay and what kind of save is it it's a constitution saving throw okay dc 18. it gets plus five to this okay. roll bad that is a 12. full failure okay 5d8 thunder damage okay you gotta roll high but it's i think it's possible okay. 24 total. Like a cartoon character swallowing a bomb, there is a <laughs> underwater burst as it's literally his, bul his body bulges into a circle briefly as this force blasts out and a rumble can be felt across all of the ice and probably heard even despite the fact that actually sound travels, sound travels faster in water. Underwater, so yeah. it literally <laughs> spreads out quickly. But you had to deal 30 damage. <sighs> so you were six away. Okay. Okay. It has that, to be 30 at a time, right? It has to be 30 in one single turn. Okay, you got it. Um, so, you now are going to take 66 acid damage. Ugh, bad. Ugh, bad. I love the way you said that. Oh, God. 17 acid damage. 
as you be like despite the fact that you almost got it to spit you out you are pulled deeper into its gullet and you feel the acid begin to burn at your skin do i remember from last time i believe i found this out so i don't think it's cheating to ask because i just don't remember actually what the answer was last time i tried to do the absorb elements acid damage back onto the remoras and i can't remember if it was immune or not uh it was not immune okay. you remember that i am going to a uh, third level absorb element so that I can try and stack some of that damage oh. into my hits on the Remoras and use like the pain it's giving me to reach that damage threshold. And you still can, even though your attacks um, have disadvantage, you still can make attacks with your sword and absolutely release that absorb element. So mm -hmm. as you feel the acid hit you, you concentrate on your magic and you feel their sword glow, um, giving a little bit of light to the space inside, which is absolutely gross looking, kind of weirdly translucent. Um, and you feel yourself absorb some of that energy. It is now essentially your turn again because Kala is at the top and even though Kala does kind of care for you, she's, she's not, not going to throw herself yeah. into a pond for me. That's fine. All right. Now that I've got the experience, same thing as before, I managed to squeeze my sword out and start just slamming my sword into this Ramoraz, holding my breath, puffing my cheeks with air. Here we go. Kind of using the space that causing a thunder wave to make it expand its body. You're like, great, I can get my sword out. <laughs> Sorry, does a 32 hit the Remora? Yes, it does. It hit you with a 30, you hit it back with a 32. Okay. Was that with, actually, was that with disadvantage? Because you are restrained oh, with at this moment. Yes. You're right. Okay. That's fair. That would definitely has 27. Yes, definitely has. 30, actually. <laughs> a 32 and a 30. 30. Yes, it does hit. Um, okay. This is going to be 2d6 plus the 3d6 acid damage plus 8. So I'm going to see if I make 29 damage on the first hit. Zola feels so close to it and is going to swing again. Go for it. Oh, my God. With disadvantage. It just has to be 30 on a single turn. I so know. you really, all you I have just to have do is to hit. hit. <laughs> oh. And I definitely fucking do. Yes. And with that, you literally stat, like, I mean, I guess describe how, because you're, again, you're, you're pretty tight in there. So what does it look like as you're, like, essentially hitting its, like, um, uvula and trying to get it to spit you back up. Slamming my tusk up into its mouth and knocking its teeth out, but then unlike the first time I did this, water starts to pour in and I just grab onto its, like, bug snout and push myself out, eyes closed and nose plugged up as I am entering the frigid water. You plunge out of its body into the water, it snaking around. You see that it seems to be able to move pretty well in the water, mm -hmm. although it obviously is completely disoriented by someone punching their way out of its stomach. That is your turn. It is now its turn. By the way, I don't know if you are bothering to keep track of it, but the first uh, hit was 29 damage, and then the second hit was 13 damage. That is helpful. It is angry, it is snarling, it is hurt, it wriggles through the water towards you, um, and is gonna try and bite you again. Mm -hmm. 17 plus 11, that is a 29, you hit it for a 30, it hits you back for a 29. It's gonna hit me. Um, and then it deals 6d10 plus seven damage. Oh no, that's bad. That's 33 damage on the bite, plus an additional 
14 fire damage. I will, again, absorb elements to cut the fire damage down to seven. Okay. And I'm casting a second level absorb element, so I've got 2d6 on my next attack. Okay, so that is 47 damage on this hit. Um, is it swallowing it, it's again? swallowing you again. No! <laughs> oh, I got out Kala. No, I'm going back in Kala. <laughs> oh my god, as it swallows around you once more, that is its turn. I'll say you're like kind of half in it, half out it, as you're like holding your breath, trying to push off of it. You like burst, you burst to the surface at one moment, Kala to Kala, and then are immediately pulled back down um, as you begin to be pulled deeper and deeper into the waters at the top of your turn. 18 acid damage. Feeling myself slip back down and being swallowed again. I think this whole time I've been kind of like clutching the conjuration shard like inside of my armor. And one I, hand on your weapon, the other one pressing it to your I, chest. Yeah, holding it. I put my hand to it again and I am just going to try and uh, misty step out or try and get out of this creature's mouth to the surface. Yeah, give me an arcana check. Yeah, 20. You are pulled underneath the water, thrashing in its mouth. It tries to, it bites and begins to like drag you in with these razor sharp teeth. You punch it in the eyes with your blade, grab the conjuration shard and just reappear, crashing down onto the ice. You are out of its grasp currently. That was, yeah, that was a bonus action because this, that was a bonus action spell. So you have your action still. Wow. Dash. Run. With your full <laughs> oh my oh wow oh I thought I could have sworn you were dead I'm so sorry I was going to leave I fully was going I see to she's leave she's already turned around she's and halfway walking away oh you're alive <laughs> <laughs> so you begin to run never you, underestimate me you move 90 feet which puts you at 430 or I just move uh, 60 because oh, I yes. can't expeditious retreat uh, dash the dash because the misty my bonus set. action good yeah. so you move pretty far actually you are 420 feet. Kala was there. She's like nearby. Back in action, baby. It is, once again, your turn. The Remoraz does use its dash action, but it was essentially like 30 feet down under the water and then would have to chase you 60 feet. Across. So it is like, you're like running and running and you look back and you see under the ice, a shadow wiggling towards you um, and you just keep running, but give me a dexterity saving throw as you try not to fall. 13. 13 saves. You continue to run. This is the last round. You see the fog still strangely obscuring this island pretty heavily despite you getting so close to it. You know that you're not too far away. You run and run and run, gasping for breath, shaking off the cold. What's going through Zola's mind right now as she desperately is trying to escape this creature? Zola's like, I don't know what's behind this fog, but I'm running into it anyway. And she throws the tusk down on the ice and jumps into the air, jumps on it and tries to slide across the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even fucking know. Give me an athletics check. Cause hey. I would say performance, but I just know that that would not go well. It's gritty. It's dirty. I'm leaning over. My fingers are uh, sliding through the ice as I go. Trailing up frost as you skid towards the island. It's a 24. That is incredible. You managed to... <laughs> and without breaking the ice, get to the shore of this island. Your bones aching, your body weak, Groomsh's eye flares, revealing that this island seems to have some sort of magical effect on it. 
And you also have now unlocked the ability to cast Detect Magic using Groomsh's eye. Whoa. So you, kind of in this adrenaline state, feel your power surge, and you see that there is strange sort of abjuration magic kind of dissipating throughout this entire island. Kala next to you. We should keep moving. That thing will be back any second. Definitely. You continue on to the island. Is there anything you want to do? Uh, I second wind. I get back 16 hit points. Wow. Is that the most you've ever gotten yeah, back? Yeah. I, I rolled a seven and now I wow. add plus nine. Thank God. Kala and I press on quickly, still flapping at our backs. And I'm just head turning, keeping an eye out for any sign of life on this island. Give me a perception or investigation check. Okay, I will get perception since I have advantage and plus five. <laughs> 19. You look around. This fog is strange. There definitely is some magic going on here. With that high of a roll, I'll tell you, you just barely make out that there's a similar sort of setup to that last trap that you were caught in. Okay, then I will, brushing snow and ice off of the tusk, uh, just kind of gently wipe it across the snow in front of me and cast a spell magic. Okay, give me a check using your spell casting modifier. Okay, 19 again. You successfully managed to dismantle these glyphs of warding that were also inscribed on the trees. Another symbol spell primed to do something to you. And as you slip into the wood, moving past this, you realize it was just in time, bursting from the ice not far from you. It's gonna make a perception check. Give me a stealth check with advantage. 16. Okay. It rolled a 12. <laughs> it continues to screech and scream, chittering across the ice, occasionally cracking it and slipping in a little bit, angrily looking around. It approaches the island, but it like is looking through, and you guys are just hidden enough that it skitters around and tries to think that maybe you went on to the other side. It keeps looking as you guys enter into the strange, strange fog. Stilton, I wonder if this abjuration magic could be my mother protecting herself trying to keep any of Arjahan's spies away from her oh. begins to kind of fly around in the trees looks for any sort of indication it's strange this island like as you're getting onto it it's feels like it should be smaller than it is it's very like you're kind of getting you're like huh I've walked a little bit further than I expected I would be able to. Perhaps this is a wider, larger island than you're able to see when the fog is not obscuring your path. And as you begin to walk around, you cross over a set of roots and find yourself looking at a small clearing where two of the trees furthest from you have been kind of woven together to form a strange abstract archway you continue to detect magic here and you now start to detect conjuration <sighs> Kala sniffing around I do not trust this place we should keep moving I have to see 
I look down at the conjuration stone to see if it's interacting with like the magic in the air in any way, like glimmering faster. A good point. It does seem to glow a little bit brighter in the t- in the presence of other conjuration magic, which is in line from what you've seen with your casting. Kala, if you would like to wait here, you can, but I think I think what I'm looking for might be there. If you do not return in less than I don't know. A day. I will leave. Okay. I'm giving you 24 hours to look at this strange archway. That's a long time. Maybe if I don't come back in, like, I don't know, 10 minutes, just kind of look around. All right. If you're not back in (laughs) 10 minutes, I will look around. I promise to try not to go somewhere for a day, but if I do, well... You'll see Stilton disappear. How about that? You know, if Stilton disappears, either I'm dead or I summoned him somewhere else. So it's really not helpful at all. Okay, I'll just assume that if you summon Stilton away, that that is a signal for me to leave. Okay. I must find my family. You understand? Yeah, me too. If I don't see you, good luck. Kala looks to you and nods. Same to you. I wave at Stilton. Stilton nods. Oh. You See you soon, bud. Begin to walk across this clearing. Give me an arcana check. Okay. Yes, I'm walking kind of like one step at a time looking at this archway and wondering if it is some sort of like similar magic to what Brigid could cast. Oh, so I rolled onto the nat 20 and then back. So it is a seven. You approach slowly, looking at this strange, naturally forming archway. You don't see any more glyphs. You don't see anything necessarily that jumps out at you as dangerous or that needs to be interacted with. How do you want to proceed? I kneel down without breaking contact with this strange gate, pack a snowball together, and then hurl it through. As you throw the snowball, you see glyphs light up around the archway, and it... But then you see the glyphs kind of fade away. I look back at Colin Stilton and go, That's concerning! Honestly, good to check. Does it seem to me like it was a like um a sort of a negative cast, or did it seem to me like it was a um like a lethal damage? With that question, give me another Arcana check. Okay. But this is not this won't necessarily discern everything, but it'll kind of distinguish what something for you. 24. You recognize that there are actually two spells at work here. One of them is a remainder of that abjuration magic, which you've been continuously detecting. It looks like there's just another set of glyphs of wording here that have kind of been set to go off, but they went off. So you might have just disabled the trap. Then I run forward. You run forward and lurch through the archway and suddenly find yourself walking out onto soft grass, verdant and bright. 
It's almost like the grass of your home. You get low and touch it. It's undeniable. The color, the texture, the smell. You can almost hear the cows. It's also much warmer here, closer to the Mediterranean climate you're so accustomed to. And as you get a good look at this strange space, you hear familiar bird calls and insect chirps. You see the plant life, beautiful flowers, lavenders, lilies, edelweiss, flowers of your homeland. A sprawling meadow like the one in Milkwick where Ramsteep Farm stands. You look up at what would be a clouded sky and see darkness, almost like a void. It's difficult to see through some of the shadows of it, but it does kind of almost look like a, a night sky that's been painted there. There doesn't seem to be any sort of weather. There doesn't seem to be any sort of movement around. You keep looking, you squint, and you see that there is a building in the distance. It's just grass forever, and then a building in the distance. Yeah, it's like meadow, and you know, some, some trees popping up. It kind of looks like it looks like if you were in a video game where it's like pre-generated long landscape. It's right. like maybe if I kept walking, I wouldn't be going anywhere in the long run. But like it looks like I'm standing in a meadow and at the far end, I see some sort of building. I take a deep breath and start walking. You take a step in here as you step into a cow pie, just like home. Oh, shit. It's followed by a... As you turn to see a beautiful cow ambling over to you. Ding, ding, ding. It's cowbell clanging as it does. How do you get here? Kind of regards you confused. Give me an animal handling check. I don't really know how I got here either. Not one. I'm just dazed, absentmindedly petting the cow across its face, kind of smacking it as I gaze at the cottage in the distance. You see the cow looks at you. And its eyes flash. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Eleven. You feel compelled to rest. You get a suggestion in your mind that's like, I should go lay down somewhere. I'm feeling really tired. This cow looks at you and goes, Time for a little cow nap. Calls out loudly this time. At least take me somewhere there's not shit on the ground. It begins to amble towards the house. Far, far in the distance, it seems like. It's difficult to make out what it exactly looks like, but it's a it's some sort of structure this cow's ambling towards. And you really, your body feels sluggish and tired. You feel like you really want to lie down. Yeah, does it feel at all like I could take a few more staggering steps towards it or like I just want to lay down right here? You feel pretty compelled to lie down. Okay, I think next I'm going to go to the house. But for now, let's scratch a quick T9. T9. You lie down. This isn't something like a counterspell, is it? I guess it kind of would be. This creature was casting a spell. 
I think so, I, I lay down and then uh, absentmindedly, as I usually do, I pull the sword to me and then feel like its last magical <laughs> ability kind of flare surges. Oh, right. I cannot lay down right now. <laughs> you pull up as this cow looks back over its shoulder, its spell having faded, and it goes, and just starts hurrying back to the house now. Okay, that was weird. Seems like someone really doesn't want me going in here. I will follow it. You continue to follow it. It's Now it's kind of at a full pace running towards the house. I start and to I, take off at a jog. As you get closer, you begin to recognize it. It's your home in Padalek. No. A small ranch house with clay shingles, ivy crawling up the side with a smoking chimney that billows into the void above. You smell hay, lavender, cows. You are home. You're home. You finally find yourself before the cobblestone wall that surrounds it. The cow, having run around, is mooing loudly in the back of the house. You stand there, the front door closed. Um, Dad? I'll knock my little knock that I always do when I'm coming back from picking up cheese. I do a little tap with my elbow because my hands would be full of Parmesan wheels. You wait for a moment. Dad? Give me a perception check. Based on sight. Based on sight. Okay, what are you doing this to me right now? Fifteen. You saw some movement through one of the windows. Like, you knock and you step back just to kind of get a look and you see through the windows there's some movement in the back, you know. Probably, you remember where your father's room was. It seems like it's coming from that direction. I think we probably, on the side of our house, have cellar doors. I don't know if I've ever said this, but Mm -hmm. where I found my mother's sword and her armor were, like, buried beneath some loose soil in our cellar where we would put, like, our potatoes and onions. So I think I'd go around the side of the house and see if the cellar door is there, if I could go down and then you know, up into where it leads, probably into like our kitchen or something, or like a storage room. You head over there and you see this cow has seen you again, goes, and like keeps, you know, runs further around the house. I know the back doors. You head into and try it, it opens easily. You walk into the downstairs pantry of your home. There are some food supplies here, but it actually, like, now that you're looking at it, there isn't a lot of necessary actual good farming being done. You see some, like, kind of root vegetables, things that are hardy, that are easy to grow and last a long time. It's not, like, crazy well-stocked. This is not, like, your home. There's not huge wheels of cheese and and salami hanging there. There's a few wheels of cheese and um, very other few provisions here. It's pretty scarce. You do see a stairwell that leads up into the main floor of your house. Looks like the week after Frost Joy in here. I glance kind of at the patch of floor where the same dark, loose, rich soil scattered where I found my tusk in my mother's armor, and I head upstairs. Dad, are you in here? You hear from the outside again another loud moo that is very muffled through everything. And as you head to the top, begin to reach for the doorknob it bursts open 
and this large, muscled woman with teal green gray skin, bright red hair that has been braided into these intricate braids, and wild eyes that are nearly identical to yours, leaps for you, colliding into you, and the two of you <laughs> tumble down the stairs. As you crash to the ground, give me a grapple check. 26. Though she gets the jump on you and tackles you to the ground, your instincts kick in, your eye flares, and you grab and turn, and you are now pinning this woman to the ground. You look at her, nearly identical to you, but perhaps 20 years older, your mother. There you are. I've been looking for you everywhere. Gorgonzola? And that's where we'll end our session today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. Thank you especially to our Eldritch patrons. I mean, gang, you know what's about to happen. I'm going to plug the Patreon because (laughs) we're going to fucking cry on it. You know, when we record this tomorrow, we'll record the afterlife. Wow. Big episode. Very chonky. I was hoping that you'd get to the end and get to this point but I did not expect it to go the you way it did. You have wrecked me. <laughs> I love you. You are wonderful. Thank you again for listening. Lisa, do you have any plugs? I don't know. Hug your mom. Hug your mom. <laughs> I'll say this. I don't know if my mom's this far in the pod or if she'll ever get this far in the pod, but mom, I love you. Aww. And if you tackled me down the stairs, I too would pin you just like Gorgon's <laughs> My mom doesn't know what Dungeons and Dragons is, but <laughs> I'll hug you after this. <sighs> Thank you. I love you all, and until next time, try not to die. All hail our Eldritch patrons, especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Alana, Emily, Jacob, James, Joey, Kate, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Branstetter, and producer Daddies, Becca Mount and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die.